Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, this is Stu Hodem with Believe in the Media Guide on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? Last month, former ESPN broadcaster and Seton Hall University alumnus Bob Lee established the Center for Sports Media within Seton Hall's College of Communication and the Arts. According to the school, the center provides an interdisciplinary foundation for academic training and theory with practical experience. The sports media coursework will allow students to showcase their work through partnerships with large media companies. For the first time as part of the Center for Sports Media, Lee co-hosted Seton Hall's latest event in the Sports Media Speaker Series, entitled Rising Talent, How Women Are Slowly But Importantly Playing Larger Roles in Sports Media. Alongside his co-host, NFL Network on-air reporter Aditi Kinkambwala, Lee and professional-in-residence B.J. Schechter welcomed Sacramento Kings television analyst Katie Christensen-Hunter, ESPN Executive Vice President Event and Studio Production Stephanie Drooley, and ESPN, NFL, and NBA on-air journalist Lisa Salters, who worked her 150th Monday Night Football game last Monday, joining very select company in that franchise's history. According to ESPN PR, only Frank Gifford, Al Michaels, Dan Deerdorf, Howard Cosell, and Don Meredith have worked more MNF games. Salters has earned the respect of her fellow reporters as well as league MVPs, as Kinkabwala indicated in an intro of Salters, who shared advice for people interested in getting into television. Then, Christensen Hunter, who served as a sideline reporter, described why it's the most difficult role in TV. Lamar Jackson says Miss Lisa, and when Lamar talks to me, he does not say Miss Aditi. So and that is a sign of respect right there. And I asked Lamar, and I said to Lamar, I appreciate it, but you make me feel so old. <laughs> um, so, so uh, you know, I, I, I thank you for, for, the, for those kind words. Um, but I was just telling someone this today, someone from the NBA um, wanted to talk to me about, uh, you know, this very topic, women uh, in the industry. And, um, you know, I said the same thing my advice to people all the time is write, learn how to write. Anybody can stand in front of a camera and look cute and, you know, and regurgitate what someone has said to them to, for them to say. But if you can write, if you can figure out how to gather information and to put it together in a concise way, in a TV friendly way, and in my case, in a sideline way, that's in 20 seconds or less, you're going to set yourself apart. So that's great that you want to be on television, but make sure you know how to write. Uh, if you can write, you're going to stand out. And that, you know, for the last, you know, 30 something years, that's what I've been, that's what I have uh, come to know from experience. And it's what I've tried to pass along to other aspiring journalists is you've got to learn how to write to be able to tell uh, a story concisely and quickly. So I, I agree exactly with what you said. You know, I have to say something about that, Lisa. I was talking with Mark Jones, who's my partner on our broadcast the other day, and we were just talking about kind of, uh, kind of the road, my path, and kind of to where I've, I've gotten to. And of all the different jobs that I've held, sideline reporter is by far the hardest job I've ever done. It's pouring over lots of information, lots of different things that could come up during the course of a game that could be relevant. And you have to be able to do it in such a concise way, but to really add 
to the broadcast. And it's really, really difficult to do. So I think a lot of people don't give sideline reporters credit for the massive amount of work and preparation that goes into doing their job and doing it well. After discussing the toxic world of social media, Kinkabwala acknowledged the approach of one of her peers at ESPN and how she thinks about her daughter when she responds to criticism. I said this recently to Mina Kimes, who I think is this unbelievably brilliant, brilliant, brilliant woman on ESPN. And she gets lots and lots of haters, as many, many brilliant, brilliant women do. And, um, you know, she's not afraid of calling out the jerks. And I said to her, you know, people keep telling us to ignore the jerks. Why don't they tell the jerks to stop being jerks? And to some level, I feel, you know, for 20 years, I've been told, ignore the nonsense, just focus on your job, ignore the trolls. But then what changes? What's changing for my daughter? If we keep ignoring them and they keep doing the same thing, then why is my daughter going to experience anything different? Noting the success of Julie as a sports media executive, Kinkabwala discussed the evolution of her exchanges on social media, and Christensen Hunter explained how a member of the NBA's 75th anniversary team noted how she clapped back, silencing her critics for the most part. Steph is not in charge of everything she's in charge of because she's a woman. It's because she's really, really good. But by the same token, I think that there are some distinct challenges when there aren't as many people that look like you or that are dealing with as many things as you are. So why not clap back at that? Why not say we're not just going to put up with that? I don't know. I mean, you could disagree. Feel free to disagree. I I don't have all the answers. I don't disagree at all. I think that this is one of the hardest things about being um, on television and probably in journalism as well. Um, probably any medium uh, is just, and it probably goes for men and women as, as, as well. You have to deal with people on social media. And I think that women's experiences are a little bit different. Um, you know, I appreciate people complimenting my work. Um, you're going to get people that have bad things to say. I tried to keep that in perspective. Like I work for, um, you know, a team. I'm not a national broadcast. So also your experience is a little different in how you engage with fans because they are fans of this team. They watch you 82 games a year. They are also feeling like they're invested in your life. But I don't think that that gives anyone license um, to be ridiculous in terms of how they treat you behind a computer screen. And so I have over the years certainly clapped back and it took me a really long time to feel comfortable enough um, in my own skin within this industry to be like, you know what? No one should have to deal with this. You wouldn't be talking to me this way if, if I were a man and if you did and they responded, it wouldn't be horrible that they responded it would just play out like, you know, normal. No one would draw attention to it. And I remember um, a few years ago at one point, like fans will say some pretty ridiculous things and I'll call people out. It's been a long time because it really doesn't happen that much anymore to me. I think probably because I did kind of, you know, engage, but Damian Lillard was like, dang, you really go at people on social media. And I was like, yeah, I do. Because if it's absurd, I will call it out. It's not, it's, there's no reason that we should have to just endure and let everything slide. And to the point about your daughter, my daughter just turned three. It's the same thing. Like I sit here and it's like, I feel like the choices that I make now, it's like, yeah, my skin's tough enough. I can deal with it. 
but should it be fair that in 20 years that she should have to deal with the same thing? Where's the evolution in, in human beings and kind of women's role in this industry? It's kind of our responsibility to a certain degree to prudently kind of engage and have a voice to people that are attacking. Celebrating the success of analysts like Christensen Hunter, Julie explained why women analyze some sports that are similar across genders, while football may be a final frontier for game analysis. I think we have come a long way when you think about um, live events and analysts and what Katie's doing and Doris Burke and um, and Aditi, Aditi mentioned um, Mina Kimes and what she's an NFL analyst on on a studio show like those those things I don't even know five years ago if that would have been something that would be widely accepted I mean I you know Doris Burke is one of the best women calling NBA games the best people calling NBA games That's right? gonna like, it doesn't, period yes. yeah right she's fantastic and I, I think, look, I think that to go back to the sideline typecasting, which I, I, I don't buy, I do think in football, to me, basketball is the easiest one to have a crossover gender wise, because the sport essentially, if you played it, it's, it's essentially the same game, right? So to analyze it is it's natural. Like even Jess Mendoza and, and softball versus baseball, there's still a difference there, but she's done amazing things. She just called the world series on radio. Football is, is going to be the harder nut to crack because we, we don't, we don't suit up that much. And um, so I think that's why you see a lot of women in sideline positions for football, because the analysis role is a much harder thing Um to cast in that way. Drewley noted two areas where she works to recruit women in front of and behind the camera. You know, we've had some women come in and we've encouraged to do play-by-play, um, but it's it's there's not a there's not a big pipeline for that. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you, but you keep looking. By the way, the same is to be said for women producing events. Like in the chair, women producing events, you know, we've got a couple of very good ones. Um, and when I talk to younger women that are in the, the you know, lower levels of the company and I, 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 I encourage them to, to go after that because women producers are our unicorns. Starting at ESPN as a production assistant in 1990, Julie has noticed how there are fewer women in executive positions as she's climbed the ladder. We talked earlier about coming up and how you felt like you were one of few. Like, I think at this level, I noticed much more than I did then. Like, I'm much more conscious of being a woman now than I was when I was 25, um, just because there are, look, it's, it's more competitive it's more, um, it's, uh, it's just more difficult. And look, I think, I think it's, I think it's true. And it's a generalization that women, uh, think they have to earn a role and some men just think they should own it. You know, I think we are very different. I think that holds to be true. And I, and that, I think at my level is where I see it more. I'm more conscious of it, but look, they're not, they're not a lot. They're not a lot of, of, of women 
at the high executive level. Kinkabala described a difficult experience as a young mother and how she was advised by a mentor. Pro Football Hall of Fame Pete Rosell, Radio Television Award winner and current Thursday Night Football announcer Andrea Kramer. Then Salters returned the respect given to her earlier by Kinkabala, and finally, Drooly brought the Kramer conversation full circle by sharing her direction to the legendary broadcaster, direction that ultimately impacted Kinkabala. It's not only a woman who has to be an ally. A man can be an ally too. A man can look out for you. A man can be, you know, Steph, I'll mention Andrea Kramer because she's a mentor of mine and I know that you've spent many, many years with her. Um, When my son was born, and I'm sorry, I hope this doesn't offend anybody, but when my son was born, I was a nursing mother and I had a lot of difficulty finding places to pump when I was at football facilities. And I remember calling Andrea Kramer And Andrea said that when she used to go to the Ravens, Brian Billick, who was the head coach, would open his office door, put her in his office and leave. And she would sit and have his office. Meanwhile, I would be at the Pittsburgh Steelers facility and they told me, use the women's dirty restroom or go to your car. They refused to give me a place. And so every team, every person, every individual is distinct I didn't have a female leader I felt comfortable going to to speak to and say, hey, I need a place to pump breast milk. And all of the men that I worked for had wives who stayed at home with their children. So that made it all the more awkward. I remember calling the National Football League and saying, hey, can we create, can we send out a memo and ask teams to create a room for women to pump in? And I'll tell you that fast forward four years later, I had my daughter and the NFL now ships home breast milk. Everybody's got a pumping room like the world has changed, but it doesn't change if I didn't rabble rouse, if I didn't call the NFL and say, this is a problem. But at the time, it changed because of you. That's something to be proud of, that it changed because of you. I mean, maybe, but I was also mortified, Lisa. (laughs) I was the first female reporter to have a baby. I was like, oh my God, am I going to lose my job? I worked for a guy who told me you had a child, be content. You know, like, I think that there's a piece there that if you, um, if you feel that there are women, and I hate to say women, because again, to your point, Lisa, to your point, Steph, they don't have to be women. They just have to be people that you feel have your back, right? If I felt that there was someone that could support me in some way, it wouldn't be so scary. It would just be, this is something I'm dealing with. This is important. It is important to me to be a mother, just as it's important to me to be a kick-ass reporter. I need to provide nutrients for my child. You know, like it shouldn't be um, either or. I don't know. I, I don't know. But that's to that same point of clapping back at the trolls or to standing up for yourself. Nothing changes if you don't stand up, if you don't take that on to some degree. The, uh, I, go ahead, Aditi, sorry. No, 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 no. Go, I'm just sort of. Well, no, I was just going to share an Andrea story since we're sharing Andrea's story. I don't think she would mind me sharing this is that when she had her son, Will, um, her, her first full season, she had him at the Super Bowl. Right. Um, her first full season back the, that fall. Um, Halloween week, she came to me and she said, I'm going to go do this, this, and this, this week. And I said, no, you're not. Um, I said, you're going to be home. Um, 
so like trying to protect her and make sure she didn't miss out on something. So I think that in that way, we have to be conscious of women and what they are as mothers and what they, there is the potential to miss out on. Not that fathers don't miss out too, but that was just a, when you were talking about that, it rang a bell that like, there, there is also this fear that if you let up a little bit in your career, you know, you, you might miss something or you might take a step back. And, and I think it's important that people know they're supported and, and that we're conscious of, you know, what their life is. And, and if I could jump in right there, Bob, what Steph is saying right now. So a few years ago, um, Andrea and I do a show together on CBS and I was asked to do it Halloween night. And do you know what she said to me? Do you really want to miss Halloween? Do you really want to miss trick-or-treating with your son? Andrew Kramer, who says no to no assignment ever, who travels the planet, said to me, are you sure you want to miss Halloween? And that came directly from you because you said that to her at some point. And so when we sit here and we say, look, we just want to work for good people and it doesn't matter what their gender is. I really do think it matters to have more women in positions of leadership because that's sort of the trickle down. At some point, Stephanie Drewley said this to Andrea Kramer, and however many years later, Andrea Kramer said the same thing to me. And however many years later, I hope I say that to somebody else. Or maybe I don't have to. I don't know. In another extended clip, Kinkabwala, Salters, and Christensen Hunter honestly address their fears and how they have overcome them over time as their careers have evolved and grown. Maybe that's why, Katie, I clap back, because maybe it's the first step to fighting back and finding that courage. I don't know. I, I hope that there are... I hope that there are more Lisa's. I hope there are more Stephanie's. I hope there are more Katie's by the time it's my daughter's turn. I hope it's not, you know, it makes me think Stephanie, Andrea Kramer and Leslie Visser and I once had a conversation and Leslie and Andrea were saying that when they were coming up, they never thought about competing against women. They were just competing because there were so few of them. It was sort of, you just had to be the best and it didn't matter. And something has changed as there are more opportunities for women, it's almost like it's easier to pit women against each other. And I don't know why that is. I don't know why we can't feel that there are as many chances for us, that it's just about being the best. I don't know, but it it, it still feels as if we cannot fully own what we feel, what we think, what we know. Um, Maybe that's just me. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe Lisa, you don't feel that way. Maybe Katie, you don't feel that way. Maybe that's just where I am and where I, think, I am in my life. I, I think that maybe that comes with, you know, time. Um, you know, maybe I felt differently 15 years ago than I do now. Uh, but I definitely, you know, now I feel like I own my space. Um, I feel like, and, and I've always felt, um, I've always felt very supported by ESPN. I don't know what it's like to work at another sports network uh, for someone else. I just don't know what that's like. I only know, I only know ESPN. And I have always felt incredibly supported um, by my company. Uh, I haven't always liked the decisions my company is, has made, but I've always felt, I've never felt like I was passed over for anything because I'm a woman. Um, I've never felt, you know, and I get, I get it from both sides. I, people ask me as being a woman, they ask me being a minority. Um, I've never felt that I have missed out on an opportunity uh, because I was a woman or because I was African-American. Um, 
I think in many instances that has opened doors. Uh, the company realized uh, that they need more women. The company has realized that they need more uh, people of color uh, in certain positions. Um, so um, I hope that in time that, that will change for you. I think that it probably will, that the longer you do it, the better you're gonna feel, the more comfortable you're going to feel. And you're going to realize, uh, you're gonna look back now and realize I should have known it then, but I belong here. This is my space. I own it. The only thing that I owe anybody is to do the best job that I can every day. That's it. That's the only thing that I need to do. And I think five years from now, you'll look back and, and, and hopefully you'll feel that way. You know, Aditi, I think that um, you speaking about your fears is really important for people to hear. It's important for everyone listening. It's also important for your counterparts to hear that because we all have them. And it's not something a lot of people ask us about. What are you fearful of in your job? Um, they always talk about how you got there or how you, you know, what do I need to do to be there? But they don't talk about what it's like residing in that space in your career, right? For me, coming into this industry, I still know, I feel like I don't know anything about television. I'm just on it. And so I don't have that personality. I don't have that you know, I'm very, very different, I think, than how people assume you are because you're on, on television. And for me, one of the biggest fears every year, you know, you live contract to contract and you have a three-year contract. And then in the, in the third year of your contract, you're freaking out about if you're going to have a job in the next year because you've, you've not had a contract renewed before. And as a woman, for me, one of the biggest fears that I faced this entire time of starting when I was like 25, 26, is eventually I'm gonna, I'm gonna be too old and not look good enough to do this job. And that's what people are looking at. That's what people are judging me on. And I was genuinely fearful about what is my life going to be after I've aged out of being okay as a woman to be on camera. And I don't know if anyone else has experienced that. And it wasn't until I actually got this job in the booth that for the first time I felt a little bit of safety. Cause I'm like, you know, Jerry Reynolds, who did this job for, for decades before Doug Christie took it over, um, who is who I replaced when he went to coaching. Men do this job until they're 70, 75, sometimes 80 year olds are, you know what I mean? They're working. And I'm like, I finally feel a little bit of safety, but the fear never really goes away. And so I applaud you for speaking about fears because I think everyone needs to recognize that. That is a really big thing in this industry. There's a lot of fear and not a lot of people talk about it. Returning to the conversation that started this episode, Salters explained how women will become more accepted in sports media roles as they learn about and take advantage of opportunities. I think it's our job to make sure that everyone gets the same opportunity to be great at whatever role they're going to do. Uh, so like I was telling this person from the NBA today, like we don't talk about female officials anymore in football or in the NBA. You show up to a game, there, there they are in it's not an issue anymore because it doesn't matter. These women have been, uh, are trained and they're excellent and we don't need to talk about it anymore because they are as much a part of their sport as, as any other official. So as long as women get the opportunities and get the training to be producers, play-by-play, -play, uh, people, color analysts, uh, and we put them in the positions for them to succeed, they will. Um, and then it won't become an issue anymore. So it is, it's up to us as women to, like Steph said, if, if I were up and coming and Steph were pushing me to be a producer or a play-by-play -play person, I would, I would listen. 
and think, okay, she knows what she's talking about. I would listen, even if that was the furthest thing from my mind, I would have never, you know, I never even thought about it before. Um, you know, when I started doing sidelines, it was nothing that I had ever thought about before until someone, an executive at ESPN said to me, we want you to do this. Do you think you would want to do it? What? I don't even know really what that's about. Like, I don't, I don't know. I've never thought about doing it. What? Like, uh, you know, I'm happy being a journalist and a reporter telling stories. So it took someone at ESPN to say, you should do this. Um, and I listened because I thought, well, you know, Mark Shapiro is pretty successful. He probably knows a thing or two. Like, all right, yeah, sure. I'll give it a, I'll give it a try. So if I were somebody under Steph Drury and she was telling me to try this, I would darn sure be doing it. <laughs> so whoever these, these people are, Steph, you know, have them call me so I can slap them upside the head a little bit. For more information on Seton Hall's College of Communication and the Arts Sports Media Speaker Series and the Center for Sports Media, go to shu.edu slash communication arts. Thanks for listening to Believe in the Media Guide. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes and find us wherever you get podcasts, including Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. I'm on Twitter at Hotem, H-O-T-H-E-M as in Mary. Stay tuned and stay safe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.